How unusual is it for somebody to basically shoot their way through a glass door? I had not seen the MO prior, and I've yet to see it happen since. Go law enforcement. Go law enforcement. Go law enforcement. Go law enforcement. The podcast that makes your law enforcement dreams happen. Welcome to the Go Law Enforcement podcast, brought to you by GoLawEnforcement.com. I'm your host, Joe Lebowski. If you're looking for a job in law enforcement, GoLawEnforcement.com has the largest listing of law enforcement job openings. The requirements to be a police officer are different for every state. To find out if you meet the requirements to be a police officer in your state, Take a short three-question quiz by going to golawenforcement.com forward slash quiz. That's golawenforcement.com forward slash quiz. A growing specialty in law enforcement are police analysts. Police analysts are now an integral part of large and small law enforcement agencies. In this episode of the Go Law Enforcement podcast, police analyst Mike Winslow provides insight into this fascinating profession. He also talks about one of his most interesting and unique cases. Mike, welcome to the Go Law Enforcement Podcast. Thanks for having me. Can you tell me what you do with the Scottsdale Police Department in Arizona? Absolutely. Uh, I'm a title is uh, Police Analyst 2. Um, we do a combination of both uh, crime and intelligence analysis um, on both ends. So what we're doing is looking through all the crimes that are happening in our city, looking for patterns and trends within our data, um, provide a lot of statistical reports. Um, we do all the crime mapping for our department, so mapping out where we're seeing crime, uh, densities of crime, and hotspots. Um, on the intel side, um, looking into criminal intelligence packets on, on individuals once we have them identified, um, various databases to try to figure out uh, where people are at currently if, to try to apprehend them. A lot of different facets. The analyst tends to kind of be the, the jack of all trades, if you will, um, in the department. Um, since we're looking through all the reports and everything, we kind of have a really good idea of what's going on. Um, and since we, we touch so many units and uh, as well as patrol and investigations, um, very just a good overall knowledge of, of what's going on in the police department. What was your background? What what got you into uh, to law enforcement? Um, I have a my bachelor's degree is in criminal justice and criminology from uh, Arizona State. Uh, while I was attending college, um, I did quite well in my statistics class. Um, I found out from a lot of my uh, fellow students that not a lot of people did uh, so well in there. Um, but my instructor in that course actually was also the internship coordinator. Um, and when I met with her to try to figure out uh, internships for the following semester, she had suggested uh, crime analysis, and I actually had no idea what it was or, or what it entailed. I knew I wanted to do something in law enforcement. I just wasn't 100% sure what. Um, so I actually took a course uh, that they had in crime analysis, and coincidentally, my, my current boss actually was the instructor of that course. I took the class, went through it, and realized that, that this is really what I wanted to do. Uh, for a profession. Um, I ended up being able to get on with the internship with Scottsdale Police Department uh, for my current boss. And after getting in, getting into the department and, and what it was all about, I, I was 100% sure that, that that's what I wanted to do with my career. 
What's one specific case or event that really highlights your work as a police analyst? There was a case that I had back about three or four years ago now. Um, probably is the, the best kind of indicator since we use a little bit of everything. Um, and that involved a residential burglary series that we had going on, uh, not just in our city, but uh, kind of around the whole uh, valley area. How did that come to your attention or how did you get involved with that case? Uh, one of the, the primary functions that I do as an analyst is is reading through our reports on a daily basis and seeing uh, the different various crimes that are going on and, and looking for patterns and trends and certain uh, MO factors. So uh, what it is that they're doing specifically that we could tie those cases together. Um, this particular offender uh, used a very unique method in how he was uh, entering the, the residences that, that he was um, essentially stealing from. And what was that unique method that caught your attention? He was using a firearm, actually, to shoot through the sliding Arcadia doors. He placed a pillow on the glass and fire through it to break it, provided it was actually locked. Some people uh, also didn't lock it, so it made it a little bit easier. How unusual is it for somebody to basically shoot their way through a glass door? I had not seen the MO prior, and I've yet to see it happen since. It seems a little bit unusual because now he's committing this burglary while armed, so I would think that that would make it extremely unusual as well. Yes. Uh, and coincidentally, the firearm that he was using for these uh, was stolen very early on in the series. About how many of these burglaries happened when you decided that this was something you were going to get involved with? Um, once in our city, I believe there was about three or four um, was when we realized that we had something going on in terms of uh, an actual series with, with a either primary offender or a group of offenders that were, that were doing the same type of activity. The next step was uh, creating a, a bulletin that, that went out to our patrol officers. Um, and in our bulletins, we kind of give a brief overview of what factors are, are going on right now. Um, as far as the method of entry, that being unusual, mapped out the incidents and, and put that in there as well. And uh, if there's any patterns in the time of day, day of week, we were sure to note those as well. So now you've got all your, your patrol people aware of, of what's going on. What happened next? We were able to identify an offender. We ended up with a phone number. Um, I believe there was a connection made between an item that he sold to someone. We had a lead to go off of. And at that point, our detectives started surveillance um, specifically on him. Was there physical evidence from the scene that also was important as far as identification wise? You know, was, were the bullets from the same weapon? Were there any prints, anything else that kind of helped with identification before you actually were sure of who your suspect was? Uh, they were they were already working the ballistic side to, to match up the the bullets and um, DNA was was getting worked on um, through our lab uh, to see if it had any matches um, at the current when we had identified him as as our our main suspect uh, those weren't 100 percent wrapped up yet so the goal at that point was then to be to essentially catch him in the act of committing one of these burglaries. 
and take him down in the process and then be able to, to charge the other ones um, based off of his MO or if we could find property later via uh, any type of search warrants. So now you have detectives doing surveillance on a possible suspect. What was the next step in the case? Um, at the same time that they were surveilling the suspect, there were court orders put onto his cell phone. And um, one of the other jobs as an analyst that, that we do with the cell phones is analyze that data when we get it back from the phone companies. Was there any information related to his phone prior to him committing the next offense that, that was helpful to the investigation? Um, at the same time when they had had uh, the orders on the phone, um, because he was firing a, a, a gun into an occupied structure, um, they were able to to actually get the court order for, for GPS pings of the phone so they could see actually where the phone was. Um, in addition, they uh, were they also had placed a tracker on his vehicle. So they knew where he was at pretty much at all times, and they were able to kind of tell when he was going out to, to commit these types of burglaries. So while all this surveillance is going on, all the tracking, did he commit another act? He did. Uh, there was an evening an evening that he was arrested. He committed at least one burglary. There may have been a second that they weren't able to fully confirm. Um, and the decision was made um, to take him down after that burglary. And he was arrested. The gun in question uh, that matched up to our other cases was found actually at his feet on the floorboard um, when he got arrested. Did he have any of the merchandise that was taken from that home? He did from, from one of the homes, yes. So he's caught with the weapon, with the uh, the merchandise. What was the investigative steps as far as to try to tighten everything up before it went to, uh, to trial? Before it went to trial, uh, there was search warrants that were done on his house. He, he had a warehouse uh, that we actually found uh, tons of stolen property uh, back to burglaries that, that we still haven't even connected fully yet. Uh, so as far as how many he actually did, we're still not 100% sure how many he was good for, but he literally had a warehouse full of stolen property. Um, that, so that was the, the first part. The second part involved uh, me going back through incidents that we had in tying up the phone to see if we could put the phone in the area of the burglaries that, that had occurred that we knew of and any potential new ones that we may not have known about yet. Were you aware of him ever gaining entry other than, than with a weapon? Uh, we, we found out later through our investigation that he had in prior burglaries actually used a, a nail gun uh, to fire through the same type of Arcadia door. So he, he very much had a specific MO that he liked to shoot some type of projectile through glass doors. And he would muffle the sound with with items, correct? Yeah, he would grab like um, like patio chair cushions uh, or pillows that, that, that somebody had uh, in the backyard and use that to, to try to cushion the not only the sound, but the, uh, the breakage of the glass. Was anybody ever home when he broke in? Uh, there was one instance, uh, the, there was a victim that was home at the time. Uh, she never actually saw him. Um, actually, <laughs> her dogs were kind of uh, blocking her way of getting down the stairs. It was kind of like they, they knew that something bad was going on down there, and she, she didn't need to go down. Committing a residential burglary while armed, I have to believe that that 
accounted either for additional charges or affected the sentencing. How how did that affect the outcome, the fact that he had a weapon? Yeah, he got charged um, in addition to not just the burglary charges, um, illegal uh, discharge of a firearm within city limits. Um, and, and he was a former felon, so he was a prohibited professor as well. Uh, you're not allowed to have a firearm at all uh, if you are released from having felony. So uh, he had a lot of extra charges on top of the uh, felony burglary charges. He was found guilty on, on every single burglary that he was charged with, uh, not only in our city, um, but we also found um, a few that were in a neighboring county. It seems as if the careers for police analysts, crime analysts, it's growing quite a bit. What are some of the misconceptions about that profession other than maybe that it's different from TV because things cannot be solved that that fast? I mean, are there misconceptions that the public has about that profession? Uh, the other kind of main misconception, I would say, is that people confuse the, the title of analysts with um, scientist maybe or crime scene investigator type uh whenever i say that i'm a i'm a crime analyst they they say oh so it's like csi so you go out to the scene and and take pictures and process which is more like our, our crime scene technicians um or our lab people that work and and actually are the ones that you know getting the dna and, and fingerprints and things of that nature so somebody who's listening to this and says, you know, that sounds really interesting. I, I was I was planning on becoming a police officer, but this actually sounds interesting. What what do you think they should do as far as to get more firsthand experience? And also, if they say, yeah, this is what I want to do, what should they do to kind of position themselves for a career as a police analyst? Uh, the best advice that I can give on, on that front is to uh, get some type of experience in um, whether it's through an internship or volunteering with the police department, um, even your entry-level analyst jobs tend to require some type of experience. Um, so any type of experience you can get in with the police department is, is absolutely crucial. It shows not only can you work the job, but it shows that you can get through a background. Um, that you have to go through the same exact background process that you would if you were getting hired on as a police officer. So uh, that, that goes a long way, especially in this field. Are there associations of police or, or crime analysts? There are. Uh, locally in Arizona, we have our own, the Arizona Association of Crime Analysts. Uh, and then there's also an international association of crime analysts. What's your role with the Arizona Association of Crime Analysts? Uh, I'm actually the former president of the Arizona Association of Crime Analysts. I, I have served two terms as president for that association. So you mentioned that throughout the country, there's different associations for police or, or crime analysts, specifically for your organization. Is there something available for people who are not actively working in the field for somebody who actually says, yeah, I'm interested in getting into that profession? Should they contact the Arizona Association of Crime Analysts? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we actually have an associate membership that we made just for that instance. Um, associate members can attend meetings and uh, be able to network a little bit with some of the analysts. Um, some of the meetings that we have, uh, there, there are sometimes there's law enforcement sensitive information that they may not be able to attend uh, some parts of it, uh, but they're still able to, to get the general portions of the meetings and, and gain some of that knowledge. And I do know that the International Association of Crime Analysts also um, allows members that aren't actively in the field to be able to get in and be able to see uh, different training opportunities that, that they have as well.
So for people in other parts of the country that are interested in possibly getting into that that field, these associations would be a good resource. Fantastic resource. One of the things about my job is I get to do a lot of the investigative work alongside with our detectives. Um, We're literally housed in our investigations unit. Our detectives are right next to us. We get to work right alongside of them. Really, the only thing we don't get to do is, you know, go out and make the arrest. And and I'm totally okay with that. Um, But one thing that people don't really realize about our field is it's a great way to get in and and be able to do that investigative work without having to to be an officer. Um, For some people, you know, being a sworn officer isn't isn't their thing. Um, This is a great way to get in and and still be able to do do that that investigative work uh, right alongside uh, sworn detectives. Well, Mike, thank you for being on the Go Law Enforcement Podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Joe. If you're looking for a job in law enforcement, check out the largest listing of law enforcement jobs on golawenforcement.com. To help you get that law enforcement job you want and deserve, we put together a special guide for you. Seven inside tips to get a law enforcement job fast. You can get the guide for free just by going to jobtipsnow.com. That's jobtipsnow.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening.